Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And you tuned into Relationship Wednesday. Um, today's topic is, are you in love with a cheater? And we just wanted to talk about some of the complications. I mean, as you know, we got to be talking about relationships, every aspect of them. And one of the things that happens a lot in relationships is cheating, affairs, adultery, um, all types of things like that. And what we want to help people do is kind of deal with what happens if you fall in love with someone that's a cheater. They cheated on you or you guys got together cheating and now that you're together you kind of see the same signs um, with him now that he had when he was cheating on his first wife and you're trying to figure out what to do about that situation. So my background is I am a full-time um, clinical therapist, and I run a thriving private practice right outside of Chicago, Illinois. And my background is in corporate America, and I specialize here in New Orleans Associates in resume consults, mock interviews, and life coaching. All right. So a couple things I want to say. One is if you have questions for the show tonight, our call in is 323-693-3835. Again, 323-693-3835. If you want to, um, if some of the issues we're talking about today or have talked about in the past that kind of strike you and you feel like, wait a minute, I really need to get some additional support, look us up at www.noelandassociates.com, N-O-W-E-L-L and associates.com, and we will kind of help you figure out which direction to go. You can set an appointment with someone and uh, take a look into getting some further care. Yep. All right. So are you in love with a cheater? Darren, what do you have to say about this? You know, it, it's a it's a, a problem that I say I think, a, you know, a decent amount of folks have in marriage, that, that there has been some infidelity, that uh, people have to decide whether they're going to stay or, or leave. You know, that's kind of the first thing when infidelity happens in a relationship. The main question is, are you going to try and stay? Are you going to try to salvage the relationship? Or, you know what, that's it. We're just going to move on part ways. So that's kind of the first thing I think people need to decide on uh, when infidelity happens in the relationship. First of all, what is infidelity? You know, everyone kind of decides that a little bit differently. For some people, it's just the sex act. If you have sex with another person outside of your marriage, that's infidelity. For other people, it's if it's an emotional affair or not, were you sharing emotional information with someone else um, that's not your spouse? For other people, it can be like a friendship that goes over the line and they feel like that's um, a betrayal, that's infidelity. So I think, first of all, the first thing is, what is infidelity? What is the deception? What's going on um, that either one of you could consider that cheating? And that's something that, you know, Darren, I always tell folks, talk about a lot of this stuff before you get married. Yes. So I'm going to tell you that if you're in a not-married-yet relationship dating you all need to talk about what infidelity means, the, the clear definition that each of you all have for infidelity. I mean, it comes down to now, you know, with social media tech, sexting, right? That's big now, you know. Exactly in your relationship, talking about the folks there, in your marriage, okay, are you, would you consider that cheating? You know, someone's saying naked pictures of body parts, send that out to different people, okay? Is that considered uh, cheating? Absolutely. Okay? Uh, flirting, Okay. Are you okay with just with your spouse flirting with uh, with other people? Okay, that's something to talk about. You know, and I don't want to see you flirting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something to talk about and discuss. Um, 
you know, so it, again, it's it's specific to the relationship, but it's something that you guys need to talk about and come to an understanding of what you guys consider acceptable and, you know, and this is not acceptable. Right. Absolutely. And then you have to also ask yourself, what if you find out about things that happened way in the past and then you find out, hey, my husband used to date this girl 20 years ago and now they're Facebooking each other. Is that is that an infidelity situation or not? So yeah. you guys have to decide what that is. You guys have to decide what the rules are for your marriage as far as infidelity, cheating, deception go, and then take it from there. Absolutely. Like you mentioned, it's best if you can't be not married already. Have those conversations before you get married. Say those ideas. If you are married already and haven't had those conversations, go ahead and have those conversations. And you need to be upfront and and be, and, be, and be honest with one another. You know, there's no need to hold back and you say, you know what, I think you're going to say flirting is okay, but really deep down it's going to hurt your feelings. You know, hey, you know what, I, I don't feel comfortable if you're going to be flirting with other people. And that's the continuum, too. What I mean by continuum is that. There's different things that could be perceived as inappropriate, and some things are like, is flirting inappropriate? What if your spouse was a flirt when you got with them? Should they stop flirting when they get married? Right. And if they do it consistently with different people, is that a betrayal? Is that deception or not? I mean, be really specific so that if someone violates, this, so to speak, you won't know what got violated. Right. And like you mentioned, talking to the exes, you know, being explicit, sharing information, um, personal information about themselves with someone else. Hey, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you should be talking to me about. You know, the person could be saying that. Mm-hmm. I don't want you sharing your hopes and dreams, personal feelings and things like that with, with another person. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's kind of personal that I want you to share with me. And, and everybody's a little different. I, I'm going to say that in a monogamous relationship, I believe everyone understands penis and vagina is cheating. Right. I mean, I think people know that. Right. But now we have to talk about what else is considered in that situation? And then the world is changing so much. People are doing threesome. Is, is that cheating? Is that infidelity? Or if it's a threesome and that's fine, but then if he goes off and sees her by himself, is that a problem? Right. I mean, these are real conversations that people need to be having. Absolutely. So let me read you. There's a website called truthaboutdeception.com. Truthaboutdeception.com. Um, so l- number one the website saying this, and I'm going to say this to you too, these are stats. Now, I can't tell you exactly where they pulled all of this information from, but they do have a reference page. But here's what they say. It's estimated that roughly 30 to 60% of all married individuals in the U.S. will engage in infidelity, infidelity at some point during their marriage. They're oh, also saying, go ahead. Repeat that number again, Dr. 30 to 60% of all married individuals will engage in infidelity at some point during their marriage. Wow. And they're saying that they think these numbers might even be conservative conservative if half of marriages end in divorce and people are more likely to stray as relationships fall apart. Okay. Another thing says that research consistently shows that 2 to 3% of all children are the product of infidelity. And most of these children are unknowingly raised by men who are not their biological fathers. Okay, so um, someone, someone had a cheating situation there. The person who's raising the, the child thinks he's the biological dad. But it may not be. Okay. It's also saying infidelity is becoming more common among people under 30. Um, a lot of experts believe this increase in cheating is due to greater opportunity. In other words, a lot of time spent away from the spouse and young people developing the habit of having multiple sex partners before they get married. Okay. 
Um, here's another thing. They're saying that there are no definitive signs of cheating, but in hindsight, you always see, they say, you know, what what signs of infidelity are. So they're saying the other person who was cheated on saw some signs and possibly didn't fully acknowledge it and things of that nature. Right, but clearly there are no definitive signs. Like, in other words, if somebody stays out late and doesn't come home from work immediately, that doesn't mean they're cheating. But it could mean they're cheating. I mean, like, when you find out later, people are looking at, like, when I look back on it, oh, I saw some of those signs. And the signs may be different for, for every individual or different situation, right? I mean, someone, like I said, someone's staying out late. But guess what? That person uh, is in a specific activity. They work in a second job or, you know, whatever's going on. And you can read something and say, oh, that's a sign of cheating. Oh, wait a minute. That's, that's not a sign of cheating for this person. This is just the way they are. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're not cheating. So you don't want to jump into conclusions. Right. Another thing that um, men are more likely, they say that men are more likely to cheat than women. But as women become more financially independent, women are just are starting to act more like men with respect to infidelity. Mm, okay. Um, in many cases, infidelity never gets discovered. Um, they're also saying that as women enter the workforce, office romances are becoming more common because spouses spend a lot more time with their coworkers than they do with each other. And I'm sure I, I would think that has something to do with it over time. They say people under 30, you know, back, you know, a couple of decades ago, you only had maybe, maybe the husband was the only one working, the wife was staying home. Now you have both partners, both have, out of the house, both have an opportunity to uh, commit to do cheating now, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Before only the man was out, he's the one out and about, wife maybe just home. Now both are out. More more women in the workplace now they have an opportunity to engage and and you know what you know they have exposure to possibly infidelity. Mm-hmm. They're saying also that as more women, yeah, we talked about that. But the internet, email, and chat rooms are making it easier for people to engage in infidelity, right? Because you don't have to like, you can just sit on your phone, sit next to your spouse, and be texting somebody, Absolutely. Facebooking somebody, looking it's, at porn or like whatever. At home watching TV with the family and you know. Sending uh, nasty grams to someone else, you know, hey, I'm chats, whatever, intimate conversation, um, explicit conversation, and everybody else say, oh, I'm at work, handling a work issue. She's handling a work issue, but no, it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Another thing they're saying is that a lot of times, once a person gets married, then they meet more people. They find somebody that they feel like is more compatible for them, but they're almost, I mean, they're already married. Um, they're saying that almost everyone admits to having fantasies that involve someone other than their spouse. Jealousy is such a fundamental universal emotion because infidelity has been a part of human nature for like a very long time, according to them. So some of the things that are really interesting to me is that their stats say that 30 to 60% of all married individuals at some point will engage in infidelity. And that 2 to 3% of all children, according to this website, truthaboutdeception.com, Two to three percent of all children are the product of infidelity. Those are some big numbers, man. Those are some big numbers. Big numbers. Those are some big numbers. So let me ask this question: um, What happens to people when they find out someone or their spouse is having an affair? That's a really big question. What happens when you find out your spouse is having an affair? Now, by the time somebody gets to me or to a therapist in general, they've pretty much figured out that the affair is real. Most have confirmed it. They've confirmed it. And they have confirmation, you know, that they consider to be valid. Right. And sometimes a spouse admits it. Sometimes a spouse does not admit it. And so the question becomes, what do you do once you find out? Do you stay or do you leave? Right. Darren, what's your thoughts? You know, 
and I, I believe if the individual decision each couple has to make, I think one thing, some things to consider is, is the person who cheated truly sorry? Is this a, you know, is a one-time issue? Is this going as an ongoing situation? You know, you just someone just found out about it. It's been going on for a year, been going on for five years, been going on the whole relationship. Um, is or is it, you know, a one-time issue that we're working late? Blah 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 blah. The alcohol at a party, some happens, something like that. You know, just things to consider. I think people would consider that uh, when making that decision. Is the person who cheated truly sorry about it and willing to change the behavior? Um, that brought about the cheating. You know, hey, you know, I'm agreeing. I'm not going to see this person anymore. I'm going to switch jobs, and I'm going to cut off this person. And kind of see how the person who cheated um, is behaving once this is found out. Mm -hmm. Those are some things to consider. Yeah. Here's the number one thing I always tell couples to consider. Is the other person agreeing to, willing to, and able to stop? Mm, Okay. Because if there's – I've done counseling before where – the guy will say, I'm not cheating anymore, I've stopped, I won't ever do it again, and they're still dating the other person. Actively dating. Actively dating. but actually not even thinking about stopping, mm-hmm. right? So whether you stay or whether you go, before you make that decision, it's – now, and for some people, let me say this, for some people, it's a this is the brass tack situation, mm-hmm. it's over. No excuses, no conversation. You do what I thought you would never do, that's brass tack relieving. Other people, it's not a brass tax issue. Hey, they feel like, listen, people cheat. That's what happens. I don't feel like I have to go. Just keep it discreet. I mean, it, it does an individual thing. But my thing as a therapist is, is the person willing, able, and committed to stopping the interaction? How important is you that they actually admit that what they did was cheating and wrong? Because you know, sometimes they can say that, that that wasn't me or you know, that really wasn't cheating I was. It was just uh, petting. We didn't have intercourse. We're just petting, or you know, it didn't go that far. To me, I think the person has to acknowledge. I mean, and, and even when we look at forgiveness, you have to acknowledge an issue so that the person can say, "Okay, I forgive you for that situation." Right? right. And if a person isn't acknowledging, and we're still trying to cover up, when we get to the consistently covering up stage, you haven't then then there's nothing to there's nothing to forgive you for. You're not admitting anything, so the behavior is going to repeat itself. But that person's not acknowledging that something was done wrong. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Those are some key points, kind of at that initial stage, um, that they're going to have to find out that information. Absolutely. The second stage is is what are both of you willing to do to change it? Mm, okay. So there's a a million different there's an infinite amount of reasons that people are going to say that they cheat. But in general, men come to me and say, Dr. Well, it wasn't about the sex. It was about she listened to me. Okay. It was about she was available to me. Okay. It was about I was able to talk to her. It was about she was able to meet my needs. It was about, quite frankly, ladies, she wasn't nagging. Okay. For the guy, it was about, hey, I mean, for the chick, it was the female, it was about he complimented me. He noticed me. He saw me. He took an interest in me. That's what happens a well, lot of the time. So those are kind of what you see some of the these bigger are, issues. These are some of the bigger issues. Man for the women. Another thing that happens a lot, and, and folks, we have to listen to this. If you stop having sex with your spouse, they may be able to hold on a week, a month, some people hold on a year. Twelve hours. But people right. Some people twelve <laughs> hours, but but people don't hold on forever. Okay. And if you take away a fundamental part of your marriage, not the only piece of it, 
if you take away a fundamental part of your marriage, it can destroy the marriage. I mean, that's one of the defining things of a marriage, right, that you guys are having sex with one another. Other than that, you could be best friends, roommates, socially, but the, the kind of a distinguishing factor is between the marriage uh, couple and some of that marriage is that you guys are having sex with one another, okay? Mm-hmm. So when they say, when that stops and that's not, you know, hey, we're just rooting at this point, you know, mm-hmm. what's really going on? Mm-hmm. And men and women view things differently. We experience life differently. We have different roles by choice or by, by you know, circumstance than, than men. And so there's different things um, that can push a person to make a decision to cheat. Okay. You know? And so we have to be careful that we're not creating the situation and then allow, and then acting like we don't know that they're happening. So it, so first up, identify the problem. If you both agree that it's cheating, you don't have to both agree, but if you've got evidence that you feel like it's solid that there's cheating, and then he or she is willing to say, you know what, that did happen, how do we move on? Then you can move on from there. Okay. You know, I'm not big on telling people to divorce and go. Because there's lots of reasons that people stay together. Love is just one of them. Okay. Finances are a reason that people stay together. A lot of times people aren't able to um, manage things separately. Sure. Um, another reason that people end up sometimes having an affair is you married the wrong person right out of the park. Okay. It's just a bad match. And you, you know. knew it. Right. I mean, some people, okay, you have sex before you get married, you have a child, and you say, you know what, we need to go ahead and get married. And I understand that logic. I think that logic is sound. I don't have a problem with that logic. But ultimately, when there's been a rough situation like that, down the line there's usually going to be a loophole in the relationship. There's going to be a hole in that armor. There's going to be some dissatisfaction. Or it could be a situation, you know, love at first sight. You didn't really talk uh, a lot of detail. You know, just, we're just so in, so in love. We've been together for six months about to get married. But you really had to have the in-depth conversations to really reveal one another to each other, say, oh, this is really what I'm getting into, how you feel about children, how you feel about uh, church and religion, how you feel about in-laws, how you feel about finance. You haven't had a chance to really expose one another who you really are until after you got married. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, we never talked about that. What do you mean you don't want to have children? I really want to have children. What do you, you, know, what do you mean you don't want to travel? What do you mean you only want to live in this city for the rest of your life? You don't want to move down south or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. because you kind of rushed into that and you haven't had a chance to have those conversations. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Another thing that people do is sometimes when people get married really early, 16, well, 17, 18, 19, and 19 is a big age for a lot of marriages that are occurring, um, that when they, as you age and get older, you find out I wasn't really grown okay, good. emotionally or sexually when I made this decision, and now there's somebody that I feel like is more compatible to me. Because that person probably hasn't, and let me say this, I don't believe there's like a the right reason to cheat. It's wrong across situations that can set something up where the consequence of it can be people step outside of the marriage. So that's a question I have for you, Dr. Walker. I've heard different uh, opinions on this, getting an understanding of what caused the affair. Some people say, you know what, you need to uh, let's understand, kind of peel back the onion, what part of the was missing, uh, what caused the affair? Right. Other people say, you know what? It doesn't make a difference. What caused the affair? I don't care what caused the affair. The cheating happened. It's your fault. Don't make a difference. Let's move in. I kind of have two different uh, two different thought processes. One, one you need to peel back on really as a couple find out what happened. The other kind of train of thought I've heard is, you know what? 
It happened. It, the cheater is your fault. I don't really care why it happened. You know, end of discussion. What's your thought? Yeah. You know, here's the philosophy that I work under. People have affairs because they choose to. Okay. That's just the plain and simple. However, I'm going to say this. There really is a difference between a person that is a serial cheater, they're out there looking, grabbing, doing, taking, and a person that has a – sometimes people make mistakes. And I believe there's a difference between a one-time and like a long-term situation where not you're cheating with one person for a long time, but you keep cheating repetitively, whether it's one person, five people, two people, no people. You have 50 one-night stands. It's not like a one-off situation. Yeah, serial cheater. Correct. Someone who, you know, say, you know what? really was intended to be honest and truthful in the marriage and made a mistake for whatever reason. Correct. Something happened at one time. Oh, my goodness, I'm sorry. However, even knowing that people cheat because they want to, ultimately we have to take responsibility. still believe, however, that there are circumstances that push people, and under certain circumstances some people don't say no. Mm, okay. Some people just don't say no. And I believe we have to start preventing situations that could lead to affairs. In other words, driving ladies home after work by yourself because they need a ride home. Right. Hanging out, you the last person at work, you and Susie Snowflake are going to work late hours together. It's midnight, you know, things pop off. Mm-hmm. Um, telling your problems instead of talking to your spouse about it, going to another third party and telling them your issues, and then you open up a, a hole in the marriage, a cloth opening, getting angry and reaching out to other people to prove a point to your peer, to your spouse. Keeping um, all old sexual encounters on your Facebook page, on your Twitter feed, on your um, Tumblr, on your Snapchat, whatever those things are. Because uh, for the most part, people have sex with people that they have access to. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Going to oh, – go ahead. No, so either either social uh, uh, social media, through social media, they have access to them, work, Correct. Um, Correct. gym, you know, Correct. workout center – um, social uh, organizations they're a part of, uh, things that are nature. So, you know. And some situations are, like, inevitable. Some people do travel a lot. They have huge travel schedules. They're going to travel. Right. They work a lot. They travel a lot. They're going to be gone a lot. Then you need to put a protection layer around your marriage. Can you afford to fly your wife or husband down to where you're going to be? Can you make um, weekend special? Can you all do FaceTime together every night? Like, to be away. Because there's going to be some people that say, listen, just because I'm away at work doesn't mean you should cheat. And I'm not going to be able to stay home every time you need me to be home from work. It's true. I mean, you think about it even in the entertainment industry, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, people... you don't have to go as far as entertainment. You can go to the military. Oh. If a man is deployed or a woman is deployed to war for a year, right. six months, eight months, they can't say, I'm sorry, my, my wife or husband is weak-minded. We can't, I can't be deployed because she'll end up having an affair. i got to stay back. You made a commitment, you made a commitment. So then what can you do to solidify the relationship so that it doesn't end up with a loophole in it? Okay, fair enough. You know, we got some questions. I know you yeah, got no, some no, other stuff yeah, to go, go over, but a um, couple questions. I'm going to start with this one. It says, I have, I have had multiple affairs, like full relationships with other women. My wife is aware. She's asked me to stop, but I can't. Like you don't want to stay to be in, in a, a married relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the thing: Do you have a sexual addiction? Is that part of the, the the issue? Do you have a love addiction, like we talked about last week? What's really going on, and what are you really willing to give up to secure your marriage? Are you really willing to sit down and talk to somebody and find out what's happening so that you don't have to keep being in these positions if you don't want to be? 
Like you're saying you don't want to be, but affairs don't just happen. You've got to be calling each other, contacting each other, and maybe they're not. People, sometimes people are sexual, but you meet people in the bathroom, they just have random sex. Mm. But these are the things that are happening, and then I'm going to tell you to reach out and get some support, get some <clears throat> professional help. Professional help, okay. Next question says, I had a child by my best friend's husband. Until now, I have let my husband raise her, but she is 17 now, and we can't afford college. Should I approach him? Should I leave it alone? This could destroy both marriages. Ooh. Wow. Darren, what do you think? That's a tough oh, one. Oh, man. That's a I'm big one. That's a, that is a very tough one. My gut, I'm inclined to almost say leave it alone. At this point, the, the child is 17 years old. The person, um, or her spouse, does not know. And I, I don't know if uh, the true father even knows, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you haven't reached out yet. You know, it, it can it would definitely cause a whole bunch of problems in both in the whole family. I would I would guess if that were to come out at this point in time. I'm inclined to say, especially the only reason you're doing it is for the financial. Hey, try to make it work and look lower. Keep it quiet. Well, well, well. <laughs> well, well, well. You guys already made a decision to destroy both of your marriages by actually being together, and and then you decided to have a child, right? So let me say a couple things. This secret is going to come out. I don't know if it's going to come out when your daughter goes to the doctor. It's going to be a blood test someday. If this secret cannot stay hidden, it's going to come out at some point. I don't believe that saying, yo, dude, um, we had a situation, we made a baby, now I need some college money, is the right way and time and rationale to do it. But I do believe that this situation is going to come to the forefront. They always do. It just—I mean, there's maybe a couple people where it remains a secret, but believe me, some talking has been done. I bet your husband was even questioning pregnant. Man, I, I can't even remember. Okay, okay, yeah, right, right. And then you know, and you say your best friend. This is your best friend's husband, so that means your families are close to each other. You guys are dealing with each other on the regular. Your kids are probably friends. Your kids are really siblings. I mean. This is a complicated situation. Yeah. I suggest before you call and say, let me wow you with this scenario. And I didn't tell you for 17 years because my first question as him would be, what happened after 17 years that now? The child's right. 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 So do you think she's, ooh, it's a very tricky situation. I do you believe think the first conversation would be with the, the person she's married to or with the baby's father, biological father? Okay, so here's the deal. I would start with who you think the biological father is because you don't have to figure out a way to do a paternity test. You're kind of guessing that he's the father. Mm-hmm. How do I know that you you probably were having you had to have been having sex with both men for your current husband to not know this isn't his child. Right, right. So he's not surprised. How do you get pregnant? Right. So he, so he's thinking it's his. So something's going on about the same time. Correct. So my first thought would be if this is something you want to do, the, the guy remembers he had an affair with you. Right. Approach him, right. for real, approach him, have a private conversation, and I'm surprised that at some point when you were pregnant he didn't say, is this mine? Like, we don't have the full details, right. but I know that if he was having sex with you and you're pregnant and you're friends with his wife, then somehow this came up at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So first approach him and then get get the fraternity test done to see who the father is and then be prepared for divorce. <laughs> I mean, because I can't imagine your husband being okay with this deception. Oh, I would think not. Not for 17 years. No, not for 17 years. So be ready for the consequences, not just in your marriage, but also 
in your in your so called friends, and I have to say so called friends marriage. Right, because now you know he's got the husband got all this emotion tied into this daughter. This is my daughter in his mind, right? Rage, blood, sweat, and tears, raising her. But child. it's gonna come out. It right. always does. This stuff comes out. I don't know how it's gonna come out. Mm. But it's gonna come out, and I would suggest that your first question not be, "Hey." We need money for college, so I thought I'd let you know that Susie Snowflake is really your daughter. I think that's a, a non-classy approach, but I think that the conversation should come up. And you also have to be prepared for if your husband signed the birth certificate and this man didn't, I don't even know the legalities of all of that. So that's something to look into, so just a thought. So we're down to like a little bit over a minute. So here's the next uh, question. I had a quickie with a peer at a work retreat. My not, my wife now wants me to quit the job. Should I? I would think if you want to save your marriage, yes. If you want to save your marriage and you can find another job, I mean, because I also say, like, what's quitting going to do if you guys end up without the finances? And if going to another job means you're just going to find another shorty at the job to be with. So if you if you want to salvage your marriage, though, something's got to be done. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you same time, same place next week. Have a great week. Have a great week. Bye bye. Take care of your relationships.